I don't know if an audio podcast is the right medium in which to discuss an illustrated children's book, but my friend Gary Andrews and I have just published, drumroll please, sound the trumpets, an illustrated children's book called Daisy the Littlest Zombie, just in time for Halloween. Um, I wrote the words years ago, but Gary, your artwork brought the undead to life. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 879, Daisy the Littlest Zombie. Just barely in time for Halloween of 2023 comes Daisy the Littlest Zombie, Gary Andrews and my illustrated coming-of-age story for children of all, well, children of most ages. Set against the backdrop of a zombie apocalypse, Daisy tells the heartwarming and eating story of a frustrated young monster who's short and adorable and who wants to be big and tall and scary right now. Told in a rhyming, sing-songy, read-along style, Daisy gets advice both helpful and un from her monster, daddy cadaver, and brother who's a vampire. Gary's artwork is extraordinary, both delightful and cartoonishly scary, and I was thrilled to not only get to make the book with him, but to talk to him about it. Well, it was a, it was one of those gifts that comes occasionally in life. I mean, you know, one of the gifts in life was during lockdown that we became friends and did our our, our, our hugely popular... <laughs> Literally our dozens. popular YouTube series, Drawing on Shakespeare, um, viewed by several... Uh, people and um and uh, and we became friends and um off the back end of that you you'd written this book hadn't you and and had been sitting on it for a while and went hang on a minute <laughs> gary draws stuff and, and, and sort of said to me what do you think of this and, and sent me it and i i read it and it immediately got back to you said are you kidding me this is like the dream job mm. um this would be so much fun to do um, how much do I have to pay you to draw it? You know, and um, <laughs> and yeah, and then we went from there. Really, I just started scribbling, and I think I think the process was I started scribbling the characters to give you ideas of how I saw them, and then once you liked them, I started putting pages together. Really, and and we went from there, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and it occurs. It only occurs to me now that the story of Daisy the Little Zombie is really the story of a young girl trying to figure out how to access her inner zombie her <laughs> inner monster but it's but it's about the relationship between her and her brother and her parents and you and I both have two children yeah a boy and a girl yep, and yep. and that dynamic it was is hugely important and moving to me and i'm sensing the same for you oh, 100% and i mean i think the other thing is without getting too highfalutin about this and about you know at the end of the day it's it's a it's a it's a illustrated book about a zombie for goodness sake but there are parallels and metaphors for life which um 
I really enjoyed, you know, through this sort of medium of the, through this story of this this zombie discovering who she is. Who am I? She doesn't know who she is, and she, she finds herself. And we've seen our children. I mean, yours are slightly older than mine. And they they are now adults with the, and mine are going through this and watching them discovering who they are. There was this lovely parallels in the book, and and it just sort of spoke to me as a as a. A lovely project to do a just having great fun drawing it but also just tapping into those little things in everybody's lives those little things in everybody's lives and those and those things that you see so much in children's books that you sort of roll your eyes at but for me those little eye-rolling things set against the backdrop of a zombie apocalypse (laughs) gives it both meaning and humor in a way that i find appealing I, I mean, I, I, I think you. One of the th- reasons I think we became such good friends is we both have um, quite a similar, slightly dark, twisted sense of humour and a love of the absurd, mm. overlaid with a love of the profound. I mean, we both we're both huge Shakespeare freaks, but we also both like silly things. Yeah. And I think that this taps into both of those. There is a profundity in the story as well as an immense silliness. And, and and I loved that, and I, I found it incredibly um, inspiring. And it was the drawings just fell out at the end of my pen. I mean, it was just so much fun to draw. I, I can't tell you how much fun I had doing it. You know. Uh, well, and I, that's it's that's amazing to hear. And I'm I I'm inclined to believe you about the profundity because you said it in an English accent. <laughs> well, of course, it's the only way, darling. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I talked to a, a friend of mine, an author, a children's book author, as it happens, um, and I said, would you be interested in reading, um, you know, my new book, Daisy the Littlest Zombie? He said, in which you turned your progeny into a monster for fun and profit. And I realized uh, my my daughter, did I turn my daughter Daisy into a zombie or did I reveal my daughter Daisy as a zombie because one of the reasons I was inspired to write the book Mm. is Daisy herself has always been a dark soul bless her heart and the idea for this book came when we were doing workshop performances of completely Hollywood abridged when in the second act we 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 announced that no Hollywood movie can be done without extras. So we bring up audience members, about 10 or 12 of them, and we give some of them individual bits of things to do. And then we just have them walking in a mall. And we don't tell them that at the end of the bit, suddenly everyone in the mall turns into zombies. Oh, and how without, very George Romero. Yeah. Very George Romero. And And without any preparation or rehearsal, without fail, every time we have performed that show, every single audience member knows exactly how to act like a zombie. And at one of these workshop, early workshop performances, it was in a small black box theater in Northern California. There was very few audience members except my family. So my both of my kids were hauled up on stage 
And Daisy, my daughter, was literally the littlest zombie on stage. And she was great. She loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer from an early age. And I just thought, Daisy, the littlest zombie, that's got to be a title for something, right? Uh, well, you know, and it's quite funny, is it? Because I mean, I I have never met, or indeed until quite recently, seen pictures of even of your daughter. You know, so when I was drawing it, I didn't draw it with anything like looking like her, and I don't think it does. I think, uh, but but you know, it's lovely to know that that's in the background of it, isn't it? I I just think that's so sweet. I mean, I remember you telling me, you know, when we started on the project about your daughter being Daisy, blah blah blah, and I, I just thought I love that little personal element to this. I think it makes it an incredibly special book you know um and it's just it's funny because when you said it i thought gee that's a really out there concept but actually despite the bloodshed and the violence that we put into it it's actually rather charming well and hopefully in the spirit of say the original adams family cartoons you know it's a family of grotesques but yep. set in a world of even grosser grotesques. Yeah, and that was a fun thing as well, coming up, and you described them, obviously, to a certain extent within the within the text, and you gave me a little bit of guideline. But it was really good fun coming up with the look, because, I mean, the zombie's a zombie's a zombie, and they're not all like The Walking Dead. I mean, we came up with concepts uh, you know the mother's practically a chimera like a mixture of creatures like a like a frankenstein's creation almost and you know the father is much more of a classic zombie that the brother is kind of well out there you know so we had a lot of fun with coming up with different designs for the characters um you're right as you said at the beginning it's quite hard to talk about a picture book in an audio broadcast but you know maybe you know <laughs> i'll, I'll post the, some pictures, post some along pictures with on the, the podcast podcast link. Link. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, a lot of the fun was coming up with the looks for me. The other thing that I really enjoyed, and we talked about it before I started, um, was putting in Easter eggs in the pictures from various well-known post-apocalyptic zombie movies. And so when people are reading, as they go through, hopefully the more eagle-eyed will recognise various things throughout the book that will go, oh, isn't that, oh, and there's, yeah. That was I'm I'm still noticing things. I remember it was <laughs> it was late in the process when when I finally went. Hang on, they're in front of the Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is David Blixt, author of The Master of Verona and president of Sorterly Inc., and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? This fall of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged and the ultimate Christmas show abridged around the country. Check out the touring page at our website, reducedshakespeare.com, or our Facebook page or Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with illustrator and animator Gary Andrews, who finally matched the perfect images to my little rhymes in Daisy, the Littlest Zombie. You and I share also, I think, a love of of genres and a love of mashing up genres. And I think, yeah, I, I, I do think that is part of the appeal of this it's all but it's always it's not going well i i say this it's probably not going to be for everyone i remember i, I pitched right 
I remember I pitched it to an editor and she said, oh, that sounds very cute. I just don't like zombies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and because you don't like, you know, one of the hottest crazes in the world, you don't like zombies? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I know a lot of people who don't like Shakespeare. And yet somehow he keeps going. So who knows? Who knows? That's right. Uh, that's right. And there has been Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are undead. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I see this as our kind of um, Shaun of the Dead for kids. You know, this is kind of, it's the, the, the tone of this is kind of, it's got that anarchic, you know, Shaun of the Dead had this great comedy, yeah. a very sweet story, but some serious zombie, you know, uh, happenings going on in there. It wasn't, you know, it didn't hold back on that stuff. And we haven't held back too much on some of the darker elements. Right. And um, we, and and yes, we talked about that too. We wanted to, uh, I was always hoping f because the, it, the, the words are very sing-songy and children's yeah. booky. And yeah. I wanted I, them to be set against as dark a zombie apocalypse as we can get away with and still be child friendly. Just about, just about got there. I think, I think we teeter on the edge of child friendly in places, but I think it's, I think because they're cartoons, because they're yeah. the style of drawing that I've used, I think we just held off from traumatizing kids too much, you know? <laughs> I, fingers crossed we have. I mean, but some kids are like Daisy, my daughter Daisy. Ah, well, and, mine two are quite dark, so that's... Yeah, yeah. and some kids... But I think, you know, our kids have been brought up around around theatre, around fiction, around knowing the difference between fake and real. Yeah. My children have been on film sets and stage sets since they were born. Right. Um, they know when they're watching a movie, oh, that's, that's fake blood, that's not real, that's rubber, that's, you know... Um, and I guess, and some kids don't. <laughs> yeah. So I think the children of people like us maybe are slightly more um, aware of that. But, 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 you know, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this. <laughs> no, I think you're probably not. But I, it's one of those things <laughs> where... Uh, it's one of those things where um, uh, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> well, won't we just? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It could be as popular as drawing on Shakespeare, the very popular. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed, it won't. Um, but you, yeah, that's funny that you talk about you know the horror aspects of the book. I realized only quite recently that one of the main the thing I don't like about horror movies i like monster movies i like supernatural movies because i can always assure myself that it's pretend and metaphorical yeah, um, yeah, yeah. where the where the walking dead began to lose me is when it started focusing on how monstrous the surviving humans were and yeah. i don't need to turn to television or novels to to read about how monstrous people are i can you just have to watch the news don't you frankly? just have to watch the news and so the one of the primary antagonists of Daisy the Little Zombie, to the extent that it has one, yep. is is a non-zombie horrible human. Yeah, and love that. Love and that. I love that he gets his just desserts. His just desserts. Yes. Oh boy, does he? Yeah, yeah. The other thing I think we tapped into, and I mean, I think you know, without getting trying to get too again too up ourselves and you know whatever. Right. Is I mean, you look back at the, the work of, of fiction, the work of children's authors. I mean, Grimm's fairy tales. I mean, we've tapped into a Grimm's fairy tale kind of element here. I mean, goodness me, they didn't hold back, those boys. Yeah. You know, 
you know, you look at the Grimm's Fairy Tales and go, wow, they're dark. Yeah. And yet they, they, they persevere. I mean, they are out there. They are held as a, as a classic of, of, of literature. Yeah. And it, like, like we will be. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, you know, I think we've tapped into something there that, that kind of Grimm's element, you know, no, I agree. And I think there is a danger of not treating young people with enough respect mm. to that you hold back. I mean, I the I cut my professional theater teeth doing children's theater. And again, uh, ta- speaking to the Grimm's aspect, you know, if you if you gussy it up and make it all delightful, kids know that it's fake. They know that you're being fake and not speaking truth. The older I get, when I heard about the premise for the Hunger Games, I went, well, that's horrible. Why do I want to see teenagers killing each other? But teens were eating it up in a way that yeah. demanded my respect. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to my son, who's now 13. I mean, since he was like seven, six, seven, eight. I mean, he comes out with stuff and you go, mate, that's really dark. Are you, are you, you know, the kids just love the dark stuff and, and until re- until the reality of life impacts on them in, in certain ways and they realize that actually the dark stuff is is quite unpleasant you know when they're young they want the dark so i think it actually prepares them for the darkness that we get in reality yes i, and I think children tapping into the fictional dark is probably yeah it's training it's training for what what you have to face as a grown-up from time to time yeah. you know Agreed. And we learn to process it in a different way and go, okay, fine. But they're kind of, their little brains are going, yeah, yeah, this happens, that happens. You know, so they're not sitting there surrounded by, you know, pixie dust and, and, and flowers. They have got this little dark element going on. And I think that's probably healthy. I think I think you, uh, you said it right then, processing the dark. Yeah. Another <laughs> good title for the episode. Another good <laughs> three-word title for the episode. Um. I'll tell one final story about my daughter, Daisy, the actual inspiration for this. Um, My family was in London. We were rehearsing one of the RSC shows and we were with our our friends, uh, Elizabeth Dennehy and and her kids and her family. And I was busy rehearsing so that their whole family went off to the um, London Dungeons, (laughs) the famous London Dungeons. And they're walking through it and they're horrified. And Elizabeth tells me this story later. My Daisy must have been five or six. And one other kid in the group was asking, so wait, who was Jack the Ripper? And my daughter, Daisy, at five or six, when she still couldn't quite say her R's, said with a big sigh, he whipped out Wadey's hearts. (laughs) My daughter, Daisy, is and remains my inspiration. Oh, that's the most beautiful thing, man. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Daisy, the Littlest Zombie, is now available in both hardcover and digital formats wherever books are sold, though at the moment they're more quickly available in ebook editions outside the U.S. There will be links in a short video on the podcast episode page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com. 
Then send us your Halloween mashup via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or through a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. You can also follow Gary Andrews on all the socials at Gary Scribbler. Thanks, as always, to Undead Dad Matthew Croak, Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Michelle Overington. No reason, it's just random. Very special thanks to David Blixt, author and head of Sword Delay Inc., the publisher of Daisy the Little Zombie. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 879-2637ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Thank you again, my friend. This wouldn't exist without you. Oh, man, you know, it was an absolute, absolute delight. It's It's been one of those really fun things that sort of you know to do i just ah i've had a lot of fun a lot of fun with this this podcast is a production of the reduce shakespeare company reducing expectations since 1981 go to reduce for performance dates actor bios email newsletters and so much less so much less so much less so much less